After weeks of restrictions, hospitals in Virginia are among the many across the states that are beginning to reopen their doors to non-emergency surgeries in early May. We're joined today by Virginia urologist Dr. Kurt McCammon to discuss what's going on in his state and how his hospital has prepared to reopen for non-urgent procedures. Dr. McCammon, can you please tell us a little bit about Virginia's experience with the COVID-19 pandemic? What have you been seeing so far? In the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, which is where we are, it's actually been blunted and obviously much lower than we expected. Um, It's probably more prevalent in northern Virginia. Virginia still has had about 20,000 cases, um, which is nice because obviously the social distancing enclosures have have really been helpful. but, But we're still seeing cases and actually the case volumes have continued to grow here this week. We're still kind of peaking off or kind of settling down at where we hopefully will end up. Let's talk clinical practice. How has the pandemic impacted your clinical practice and what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome as part of the pandemic? The biggest challenge, I think, and I'm sure everybody else feels the same way, it's just to have it be unknown in of, you know, what's coming next. You know, when, when this first started, we kind of um, weren't really expecting significant changes. And then obviously things changed dramatically here in the United States. Um, really, from a physician standpoint, it's really been worrying about our patients, obviously, but not only our patients, our practice, our employees. Um, we had to furlough um, most of our employees. We offered them a 100%. So some of the employees, we all offered 100% furloughs if they felt that that would be better for them. Um, And then the rest, we offered a 50% furlough. From a practice standpoint, we felt it was really important to cover their health care. So we covered their coverage of their health care as well as ours. But it's been a challenge then to try to run the practice with less employees. And so that's actually been quite interesting. The other thing that I find interesting or different is we as physicians have always been trained that our patients come first. And and that's where we've always strived to better care for our patients. But it's sometimes we've had to tell our patients they've had to take a, a backseat a little bit. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but patients with cancers have had to be told they had to hold off on their surgeries because as a society as a whole, this needed to be, we had to cancel their surgeries for society to kind of put them off. So I found that to be challenging. And then just the unknown of when we're going to be paid, when we're not going to be paid. Um, telehealth has actually been pretty good. Um, we've started this early in the in the cycle, but it's been difficult for many of our patients, as you can imagine. I'm going to ask you about how daily life is in Virginia right now. Are you still under a traditional lockdown type of environment? Are restaurants open? What's that kind of look like? Yeah, so Virginia, we're still under the lockdown. Our governor uh, issued a notice um, earlier this week that next Friday, the 15th, we are going to have we're going to have the three phases, and and next week will be the first phase where restaurants can open at 50 percent. Some of the other establishments can open at 50 percent. He'll plan on doing that for the next two to four weeks, and then he'll have another um, slight uh, uh, lessening of restrictions where the maximum gathering can be about 50 people, but it's still social distancing is required. Restaurants still have to continue to decrease their capacity. And then the plan is for that to be four to six weeks, and then we'll go to, I'm assuming, 
no restrictions six weeks after that. So we'll probably be under some type of restrictions till July or August timeframe from what the governor had mentioned. And what are some of the major considerations in play right now as the healthcare community in Virginia begins to resume elective surgeries? Obviously, the the biggest consideration is public safety, our patient safety. So all of our patients who are coming in for elective surgery are getting pre-COVID tested. Um, all of our hospitals are requiring that. And I think we, we need to require that too, even if the hospitals didn't, because there are complications of, of COVID in elective surgeries. There have been you know, significant complications of people undergoing elective surgeries from what I have heard around the country. And so all of our patients are being tested um, 72 hours pre-op. They are supposed to quarantine themselves and then coming in. Um, it's going to be a slow process getting started, but uh, I think it's, a, it's an important thing just to protect them. Elective means that they could hold off, and so there's no reason why we, you know, we couldn't postpone them if they are positive. We know that major pandemics, when we look back on history, have changed things in the way healthcare is delivered. With that in mind, and in your opinion, what are some of the major changes we'll see in the future? Yeah, this is a great question, because um, obviously none of us know where COVID's going and, and what's going to happen. I think one of the huge benefits I have seen is telehealth has actually been increased. And for areas, it's specialties like urology, where we are, we know we are short staffed from a physician standpoint. I think this will open up the opportunity to do more telehealth in Virginia. There's Southwest Virginia, there's the Eastern Shore of Virginia, and you know, for those patients to make a hour and a half drive to see a urologist, hopefully our uh, insurers and our government will allow us to do telehealth for those patients because it would be a great, you know, a great way to save time and money and allow that to, to improve. Um, I think the other aspect I I really think it's changed a little bit is education. Uh, being involved with the urologic residency has really changed how we have done our conferences, and in some it's been really positive because they seem to be um, more collaboration of universities. We're doing conferences now with a couple other residencies, and actually including some international residencies with our conferences. So it's allowed us to actually to do more outreach in that aspect, um, which I think has been really exciting. Our residents have enjoyed it. They're able to participate with residents from other other centers, people they wouldn't have known, learn from other urologists, and a number of departments are doing that. So I, I think it's been really, that's really been the positive, and hopefully that'll continue as we move forward. Dr. McCammon, do you have anything else that you'd like to add to the conversation today? I think the the one thing that the urologic community doesn't consider, you know, a lot of us don't think about is our other colleagues, our low and middle income countries, where this we have been for years reaching out and helping. And this is going to truly affect our opportunities to help them. The travel is going to decrease. Uh, Organizations like International Volunteers of Urology canceled all of their trips this year now almost. And the opportunity to reach out to other colleagues has been decreased. We've increased our telehealth or telemedicine with those countries, but I, I think we need to be cognizant of just not us in the United States, but all the urologists around the world to hopefully improve urologic care worldwide. Dr. Kurt McCammon has been our guest today on the AUA Inside Track podcast. He is a Virginia urologist 
in the Hampton Roads Newport News section of Virginia. And we will also note that Dr. McCammon will be joining the AUA Board of Directors later this month in May as the Mid-Atlantic Section Representative. So we do want to pass along that note. Thank you very much. 